Hello everyone, welcome to the broadcast today. We want to say hello. Thank you for tuning in, whether you're watching the broadcast or listening to the podcast, it's Kent and Beverly Maddox here, and we're so excited to get to spend some time with you today. Well, it really is. This broadcast has really come to mean something to me. It's reaching so many people and they really are enjoying it. So I hope y'all are blessed by this today. This is a really personal story today. We're gonna to be talking today about freedom from unforgiveness. It's a very powerful subject. Beverly's written a powerful book. Freedom from Unforgiveness, I Could Not Call Him Father. She's gonna be sharing some of her story and some biblical insights along these lines. In our journey, we know in our life and others' life, so many of us have been stuck at times in this unforgiveness, and we really believe the Holy Spirit will do something today to unlock us so that we can move forward. We want to invite you to join our transformation community. Uh, many of you are here in the state of Alabama and around the world are joining us. Our transformation community, by joining that, you can get a free daily email, which is prophetic encouragement. And by the way, Beverly, we're hearing lots of encouraging words about, hey, thank you for the email. <laughs> so uh, it's really, really great. So thank you for, uh, for signing up for that. It's delivered straight into your inbox, free of charge. It gives you daily encouragement, prophetic updates, and of course, uh, upcoming events that you can tune into, whether online or here on campus. But then also, it gives gives you access to our transformation resources. Uh, we have a transformation discipleship program that's four weeks based on identity, alignment, empowerment, and assignment. And we know through these principles, it won't only ignite transformation in your life, but then it will cause you to become an agent of change. And so it's a small $1.99, I think, processing fee that gets you all the PDFs, the videos, they're again delivered straight to your inbox. You can do that as an individual study. We suggest a group study connected yes. to community, whether it's with family or loved ones or somebody in your church or somebody that you work with. It's really designed for community so that we can have transformational experience together. Last but not least, of course, none of this is available without people's support, and so you have an opportunity to give there online. So thank you for considering joining our transformation community. It gives you access to all of our resources. We'll be telling you about a new book that we're releasing uh, and a whole bundle of uh, freedom resources that we have. But before we tell you more about that, we want to take you to a really powerful testimony. A lady named Christy Shelton had some traumatic life experiences, but found unforgiveness. She found her way through that, found forgiveness, found freedom, and is now serving the Lord and thriving. So check this testimony out. Bev and I'll be back and share more with you. I grew up in a very difficult home environment. My dad was extremely abusive to my mom, physically, emotionally, and mentally, and to my brother and me. I remember us hiding under our bed many times, hearing her scream from being beat. Things actually took a significant turn for the worse in June of 1985, when my brother and I were home alone for the first time. For the first time. We were supposed to be cleaning house with the hopes of going swimming that evening, and I heard what sounded like a broom drop, and I thought that was from the cleaning. It was from my brother accidentally shooting himself. Shooting himself. His friend came and was hysterical to let us know that something had happened. Um, and by the time we could get him help, he had passed away. And due to that, my dad blamed me and would not allow me to be at home for uh, Christmas. And I had to go spend time with my aunt, unable to be there. So that was a very difficult time for me. I graduated high school uh, a couple of years after that and went on to college and I was trying to improve my life, wanted to be different because my parents, neither one had a high school education, but I didn't do so well there either. 
um, ended up leaving after partying a good bit and got married to a guy from high school, uh, was pregnant before I got married, and had a baby thinking, you know, that maybe this would bridge the relationship between my dad and me. Not pregnant because of that, but thought that would be a result. Um, in 1990, uh, six weeks after my son was born, things really um, turned drastically bad. So I thought by having a, a grandchild, my dad would change, but that didn't happen. And after the second child, his second grandchild in 1990, um, he came over to our house after, and after a short altercation, opened fire. And after that, as a result, my husband had to shoot him to defend us and ended up killing him. That was actually on June the 9th, 1990, which is the same day that my brother was buried five years earlier. So after that, I decided that something had to give, something had to change, and I really felt like I was cursed, oppressed. Um, Brian and I got into church after the tragedy with my dad, and we sat under some really good teaching about deliverance and de declarations and just freedom, you know, breaking free. And we started applying some of those things into our lives in terms of, of speaking into our kids. And so in June of 2000, I was really expecting things to take a downward spiral because every five years that had happened. In June of 85, my brother was killed. In June of 1990, all of that happened with my dad. In June of 95, my first cousin was killed uh, by a gun with a, by her boyfriend. And so I was expecting the worst. And, you know, even though we'd been going to church and trying to apply these principles we learned of deliverance and freedom, um, I was still expecting the worst. But boy, was this year different. Um, June of 2000, I'll never forget the events that occurred that month. My husband, after much prayer, was truly saved and set on fire for the Lord under uh, Kent Maddox, or at a service in which Kent Maddox preached at a church in which we attended at the time. And that was a joyous moment for us. I mean, that was just huge. You know, he had caught a little bit of it in the past, but really sold out for the Lord in 2000. Same month, I was interviewed by Jacksonville State University for a job that would put me on day shift and being home with the kids, and was offered that job. So my life has been unbelievably changed since the year 2000. I went on at JSU to pursue my MSN and then to UAB for my doctorate. I became the Associate Dean of JSU College of Nursing in 2011 and on to become the Dean in 2013 of the College of Nursing, which is now the School of Health Professions and Wellness. So the life my kids have is unbelievable compared to what I had or even what my husband had. My daughter is happily married with three babies and is pursuing her DNP at the University of South Alabama. My son is happily married and has a degree in social work. So they have really lived outside the curse that we were under for so long. The life I live now is so radically different than what I knew before. Just knowing that curse has been gone is unbelievable. It is simply amazing and such a feeling of freedom. What a staggering testimony. I can't even wrap my mind around it and it just, 
of course, knowing them personally and having seen not only have they survived, they have thrived and flourished and become such, I mean, amazing people. She's a professor at our local university, yes. a doctor, and she just does such a tremendous job in that realm in transformation. And of course, her and her family are thriving as well. So it's exciting to see the power of transformation uh, working in Christy and her family's life. I want to tell you just before Bev shares, we've got some brand new releases of some resources on the snaggy book there just for a second. I'll keep the place. This is the book we're going to be talking about today, Freedom from Unforgiveness. I could not call him Father, but we also have freedom from rejection, freedom from addiction, freedom from prayerlessness, uh, freedom from failure, uh, freedom from chaos. <laughs> Uh, and so it's a whole freedom bundle that's available, and you can find these resources at lifeoffreedom.site. That's lifeoffreedom.site. Uh, valuable resources, I believe, that will help you in your finding transformation and freedom. Bev, take us off on the journey today about freedom from unforgiveness. Well, I love how you kicked it off with Galatians 5.1. It's for freedom that Christ has set us free. And I have to tell you, um, understanding who you are and your identity is such a pivotal part of being able to progress in any aspect of life. But once you know who you are and you're aligned with your values and your principles and knowing what God has asked you to do, the enemy really does come right on in. And unforgiveness is such a strategy to keep us mm. off balance. And every person on the planet has lived through some kind of trauma. And of course, you know, the testimony that we just watched, what, what victory these families have over come so much trauma to walk in victory and to just live a life that represents Christ's likeness. And I think that my story uh, is somewhat similar to that. And, uh, you know, my dad was just a, a bless him, he just struggled, I think, in knowing who he was mm, more than identity. anything. I, his own identity was hijacked when his father was killed when he was only 16 years old. And I, I don't think he ever really recovered from it. And like a lot of families who are able to, they took care of him and like protected him and kept him in an environment where he really perhaps just didn't grow into the man that he was designed to be. And design is really pivotal in a situation where you, you need to have skill sets for life. And I don't think he ever developed them. So he reverted to uh, other ways of coping and ended up serving a life sentence in prison. And we were estranged for 16 years. And by the time I came to know the Lord and knew who I was as his daughter, I had really struggled because my dad was my hero. I mean, just because your your parents don't always make right choices and, and always do the right things, that, that doesn't negate your love for them. And so I started praying. I didn't really know how to approach it because it had been 16 years. And so I really wanted to write this book. And I knew the title was going to be I Could Not Call Him Father because I had such a difficult time relating to my natural father as a father because I was so protective over him. Um, I, even as a, a young girl, I was very very protective over my father. And I always felt like a protector more than a daughter. And so when I came into the kingdom and I met Holy Spirit, I knew that God had something for me. But I just didn't know how to articulate it or communicate it. So I thought if I could just write it down. So I started writing this book and every single time that I would, you know, go to a passage of the Bible, it would come to Matthew 24. I was in prison. You did not come see me. I was hungry. You did not feed me. I was naked. You didn't clothe me. And so, I mean, I got the point. 
point. I knew what the Lord <laughs> was saying, but I kept right on trying to write this book. I could not call him Father. And the whole time, the you know, Holy Spirit is right there with me, and um, I continued to write, but oh, I was so angry and disappointed and frustrated, and all of that was pouring out on the pages. And so that one, it kind of narrowed down to, I was in prison and you didn't come see me. So I made the decision to, to go see my dad after 16 years, and we did do that, and we were somewhat reconciled. I've shared my story many, many times, but I do want to tell you right here the rest of the story. My dad did ultimately get out of prison, come to live with us, became just an avid supporter of Word Alive International Outreach and Kent Maddox in particular. He was absolutely crazy about <laughs> Kent. And he did come to know the Lord and I think came to understand that by gifting and by design, he was a natural exhorter and an evangelist. I can't tell you how many people came to be part of this work because he invited them to come. And so um, the book really wrote itself after that visit. It took me about six weeks to write it. And it was my first book. Um, I had written several little short stories and things uh, and had, had been published actually before that in, you know, little newspapers and different things. However, this book, I wanted it to be just as if you were sitting across from me at my kitchen table having a cup of tea or a cup of coffee. And I have been so blessed. This book is literally in, I think the anniversary 25 years uh, was last year. So, um, it's really been something that has been a tool that has uh, come against the wiles and the strategies of the enemy in so many men and women's lives, especially those who have been incarcerated. I've really tried to be diligent to make sure and get this book into the hands of men and women who are in prison and struggle with forgiving themselves mm. once they've had an, a revelation of who they are and are illuminated to their design and, and who God has called them to be. So um, there are just a couple of little things. For example, I, I started out with Galatians 5.1, and in Paul's letter about our tendency to march back into the things that keep us shackled, the elements of which hinder us from experiencing the full measure of Christ. This book provides a way to overcome that. It's overcoming forgiveness. And I made a decision once I realized the power of it. I mean, I believe that this was my message. This was what God had called me to teach, to preach, to share, to live. And I believe that it is so much a part of me at this point in my life that I don't know how to separate Beverly Joy Maddox from living in the spirit and the gift of forgiveness. And so one of the keys, and I, I know that um, Kent has some things he wants to add, but one of the best tools I found during that time, and I just want to outline these for you, it was The Door of Hope by Jan Frank, and she talks about uh, Hosea 2.15, I will make the valley of Acre a door of hope. And that word literally means trouble. So in your trouble, God is going to give you a door of hope. And then it breaks down how to begin to walk in forgiveness. Because look, mm. when you're living in trauma, for example, if you're in an abusive situation and the abuse is continuing, it's not yesterday, it's not 10 years ago, it's not 20 years ago, it's it's right now in this present moment. How do you live in, in a, a forgiveness for someone who is abusing you or has brought harm to you and traumatized you and, and you're afraid and you're living in fear? I believe that unforgiveness it is perpetually stealing our joy, which is our strength. And so these are just a few beginning stages of how to acknowledge that God is working in you and working through you in a present moment where perhaps forgiveness is, is not really an option, but it releases you. There's a freedom that comes 
when you are able to forgive someone who has betrayed you, who has taken advantage of you, has bitterly used you, I mean, and for their own gain and, and because they can, because you love them and you care about them and they've taken advantage of you to the point that you just don't know how you're ever going to get beyond it. The first steps to that in this book, and this is really one of the best chapters, Hope for Tomorrow. First of all, you have to acknowledge the pain. Mm. You've been hurt. Identify your feelings as your own and access how they've impacted you and what suffering they've caused. Once you've done that and you can begin to look at your pain as a three-dimensional object and you can begin to see the facets of it and you can begin to see where the healing can start. Even though things may not change, the person may not change and they may never change. That's just a fact. That's just reality. They may stay exactly the same, but you don't have to. You can continue to evolve and grow and know who you are and know that the strength that you have is a supernatural strength that God has given you because he's given you a gift of joy to overcome. And then the second thing, release your right to hold on to bitterness. Mm. Bitterness only poisons the well that you're drinking from. Wow. It's, it's like holding on to a, something and drinking poison, expecting someone else to die from the effects of that. When you are able to release bitterness and you're able to just move forward and trust that God is going to trade that bitterness for hope, and I mean bright hope for tomorrow, then things can begin to shift in your realm, not possibly in exactly what's going on in that moment, but you can begin to believe and you can begin to project into your future that you will evolve and change and not hold on to bitterness and to anger and pain and the trauma. And that won't change and shape you into someone that you're not supposed to be. Then desire reconciliation. We're in a true season mm -hmm. of reconciliation right now. Kent and I have had such a great opportunity to understand that we're in a season to reconcile our destiny. And that may not mean anything to you right now, but I'm hoping in the days to come, we're going to be able to share more of that. But begin to desire reconciliation. Apply the blood of Jesus, knowing that it was literally the blood covers every offense, every bit of the trauma, every bit of the betrayal, every bit of the anger and the hurt and the bitterness and disappointment and dejection. All of that is under the blood. And when you begin to really understand the wonderful, wonderful <laughs> power of the blood of Jesus Christ and apply that to all of these emotions, then your emotions begin to shift and change. And then extend an invitation to rebuild the damage relationship through unconditional love and acceptance. Choose an act of kindness. And sometimes this may be moment by moment, day by day, living it out and extending generosity and letting your faith do the work and understand that God's grace is a grace for grace. He covers us with his grace while his grace is doing the work. And so I encourage you, this is a great, first of all, it's a really good read. I go back and read my books. Um, you know, uh, the Earth realm is a is a difficult place to live. Especially we everything's shifting. Everything that we have known as what people are categorizing as normal, everything's 
shifted. There, there aren't any real normals any longer. So we're constantly adapting and adjusting and evolving and growing and shifting and changing. And I think as long as we can keep an open heart and an open mind, then God will continue that grace for grace. He'll cover us with his grace and then the grace will do the work in us so that we can extend grace and mercy. But first of all, to ourselves, mm. there are so many things that if, you know, retrospectively, if we look back over time, how how much of a part have we played in some of the things that could have gone differently or understanding, just like I began to recognize that my father was a very broken young boy and he grew into a very broken man and by the time that he came to live with us i think he was so ready for something different and he had the opportunity to experience that and i am forever thankful but had i not opened my heart and just extended that one gesture of kindness and generosity of heart and began to pray for him and to love him from a distance and uh, now he was a bossy man let me tell you <laughs> And, and there wasn't ever a time that I felt like that I ever really measured up to exactly what it was that, that he demanded or desired or needed. But that wasn't the point. The point was that I loved him with a supernatural love that my heavenly father gave me. And ultimately, I was not only able to call my heavenly father father, but I was also able to call my earthly father daddy and he became my dad and I loved him just as much as I always had and I learned that maybe it just wasn't ever going to be reciprocated and that was okay too. I just kept pouring out the love of God and not only did he change but I changed and I grew and my mercy and grace grew and I began to understand the fullness and the enrichment of being able to walk in forgiveness and mercy and grace and love. And I just want to encourage you, this is a great read. And if uh, you really just, if you need this book and you want this book and you can't afford it, I'll make sure and get it into your hands. Mm -hmm. That's just how I feel about it. It's never been about gaining any kind of financial uh, security from our books. We've given away far more than we've ever sold. And so I just want to encourage you, just check this out and just know uh, this is part of our Freedom series. You can find it at uh, freedom.site. Life of Freedom. Life of freedom. I always leave out the Life of Freedom part or the Life part. The Life of Freedom.site and also on Amazon. And I, I just encourage you just now, wherever you are, whatever situation you're contending with, no matter how deeply wounded, how hurt, how betrayed, and no matter what the abuse is, just know that God is with you and that you are not alone. You are never alone. And when you can begin to release that forgiveness, that forgiveness begins to release the grace so that the grace will cover you and will begin to do the work in you. That's so powerful and so beautiful. Thank you for being so vulnerable, writing this book and sharing your heart and sharing your story. And I had two or three thoughts while you were sharing. One I think you mentioned already is that uh, they say unforgiveness is like drinking poison, hoping someone else will die. That's true. And I saw, I watched Beverly walk through this and even saw the effects of her own body and her own physical health as she was processing unforgiveness. And I saw the freedom that came to her and our whole entire family uh, as she fought through this uh, and, was, and found her way through. The other thought I had uh, is it takes faith. Uh, it's in the somewhere in the New Testament. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> but they, I think it was Peter said, how often do we forgive? Like seven times right. thinking that's like some big, right. some big thing. And, and Jesus re responded 70 times seven. Uh, which is kind of a Hebraic idiom, right? Like it's unending. That's right. It's uh, infinite. Forgiveness is infinite. And I, I, it is. I love Peter's response. He said, then Lord, help my faith. That's <laughs> because right. Increase I, my I've faith. I've got to have faith if you want me to live like this. And so it's only by faith in the Lord that we can live out this life that Bev's talked about through, uh, through releasing forgiveness. And then the final thought I had about scripture was Jesus said, I can't forgive you unless you forgive others. And I've wrestled with that in my own heart and mind, thinking, well, surely that doesn't limit God to forgive me just because I hold unforgiveness towards someone else. But I think Beth said something very profound. I don't think it limits God and His forgiveness. I think it limits us That's in correct. receiving I God's forgiveness, that. right? It's yes. like that, that if we truly can never forgive ourselves until we release that forgiveness to others. Do you find that to be accurate? Well, it's... For me personally, and that's really, I mean, we've, we've had the opportunity to really walk through a lot of life with many, many, many people. And people live in a lot of pain. They do. I mean, the testimony today, I mean, this, this isn't unusual in our times. I mean, we, we live in a very chaotic world. And I can only speak from experience and personally, but yes, of course, I do find that to be true, that we limit our experience by not allowing God to work in us, especially in the area of forgiveness. There are so many things. Think about if, if you're a married person, just think about the things that, and Kent and I, I, I want to put a pin in that. As a married person, we decided very young as a couple, a young couple, uh, that there was a specific way we wanted to live our life as, as a couple. And it meant taking a moment, taking a pause to think about what we were going to say. And I can honestly tell you, I mean, this is our 40th year together mm -hmm. um, on June 14th, or excuse well, that's our 38th anniversary as a married couple, but we've been together since July 14th, 1984. And um, we chose to really not say anything in anger and we've really we've lived that I mean I'd say the past couple of years have probably been some of the most difficult but I think darkness has kind of put that demand I mean you just you have to get real you have to be authentic and there are some things that you know you're going to get a little bit loud about and I, I think that that's just part of it but to to the point where you're breaking through something and not breaking one another that's the difference and so I encourage you in that to just uh really understand. I, I think that marriage is, is meant for two people. One will put a thousand to flight, two will put 10,000 to flight. So if there there is a struggle or you're dealing with any of these things, especially in the marital covenant, that take a pause and, and look at the way that you're responding to one another because that that's very important. Sometimes people just need room to just be able to fall apart. I think that's yeah. a train song. <laughs> <laughs> But I really just encourage you, whatever relationship you're dealing with, any kind of unforgiveness, don't let it cross over into bitterness. You you can choose, and I think you'll be the better for it. And I know that people in relationship with you will be as well. Well, this book that will bless you, and the reason I can say that is I know Beverly's my wife, but I've watched her live this out. So it's not just uh, information, it's a it's an impartation that will happen to you by that God's grace. That will bring transformation, yes. which is and, really what we, we are all about, is that transformation and moving up the, the frequency grid from living in pain and anger and disappointment and 
rejection and betrayal to crossing over into love and peace and joy and grace and mercy and all of the good things that God has for you. I'd like for you to get a copy of it. You can go to lifeoffreedom.site. You can get this book along with any of the other freedom uh, bundle uh, that's available. And of course, we want you to join our transformation community and that's trans, uh, transformationcommunity.online. And there you can receive a free daily email. You can receive all the information we have to share with you about our transformation experience, which is also free of charge. And that's where you can give to help us continue to do these broadcasts, podcasts, produce this information and see people receive freedom and transformation across the world. So thank you so much, Beverly, for sharing. Thank you so much for listening. Well, time ran out really quick today. We could have gone on for a long time about this, but I believe oh, yes, it's enough <laughs> for you to really have received the concepts and the insight. Get the book. It'll be a blessing with you. Share it with others. And uh, we are believing God for absolute freedom and transformation in your life as you continue to follow the Holy Spirit. It is for freedom that Christ has made us free, Galatians 5 and 1. So we pray that you walk in that freedom today in Jesus' name. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you again next time. Be blessed.